1: What are you doing in the spot there in front of them?
2: <laughs> Pulling out the credit card, and, uh, yeah. and I'm going
0: to ask you a series of questions. Nine grand,
2: <laughs> eight grand. You know, I I Seven would probably grand? justify in my mind, Kyle, that you know, if I win a couple of DFS contests. I...
3: These are the tales of fantasy football past, as you've never heard them. Our guests tell stories blending fantasy football production on and off field moments, memories of personal fantasy football catastrophe, and elation, and yes, alcohol. We do the work, you tell the story. These are the fantasy football stories.
2: Gentlemen, I'm Dan, and I'm going to tell you the story des bryant and now may the, does the story begin and we're, we're, we're off and running we
0: begins in oaky lightsville or as we call it in oklahoma stoolwater.
2: hey you're, you're gonna know more about the oklahoma piece than, than than me uh kyle but man you know being a diehard dallas cowboy fan des bryant is probably one of the most you know famous popular um polarizing characters in in the history of the Dallas Cowboys with a, with a uh up and down 11 year career and it, you guys have me going down memory lane and i think back to that you know draft for the 2010 season when we got Des Bryant and i believe we were coming off the the Roy Williams debacle and you know every great cowboy signing or trade's going to be the next great next great big thing there especially when you have Jerry Jones and when it was Des Bryant, and I know you know we talked pre-show, you know, what, what was that hype? What we you know what was his college story? And we, we knew we were getting this guy that you know had some checkered past a little bit, had some some red flags, so he he slid to us. I know we traded up uh with the New England Patriots to get him. And I know anytime you watch draft day and your team you know trades up, you get all stoked and pumped up, and I was like, here we go. Des Bryant, big signing, and, and I knew we had a need, and you get this. Huge, you know, big, nice size receiver who had a really good career at Oklahoma State, um, but again, came with some, 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 some flags there. You know, his senior year there was a suspension, if I recall, uh, something with Dion Sanders and not reporting something to the NCAA and their crazy rules. Um, and, and I don't know. At some point, I want to come back to Dion because I work at Lackawanna College and he recently recruited. A player of ours, Deshaun Warren, who could have went anywhere in the country. He was recruited by Alabama, Penn State, Georgia. I thought I finally had the first uh, Falcon going to Georgia. And Dion swooped in at the, the last hour and changed his commitment. So You go from playing for all those fans at Georgia or Alabama and decided to go with Dion. And, you know, so Dion's helping these kids like he did Dez, I'm sure, way back when. And I, I do believe Dez had a good heart, but, you know, Rules are rules, I guess, and, and De- that put a little dent in Des's senior year before he went to Dallas. Um, but, you know, and he, it was kind of like a slow burn in Dallas there. You know, 2010, you know, we saw some signs, you know, 561 yards receiving, six touchdowns. And I, I think something to note as we go through these years, this whole Des Bryant era was the Clapper era. It was all under Jason Garrett. And then that, in my back of my mind, it's like the what ifs, what could have been? And um, so, so I think we come back to that at some point there, but starts out has, you know, has a decent rookie year. And I think in his 2nd year, he's starting to come into his own a little bit more, you know, 928 yards, 9 touchdowns. We're starting to see a little bit of a, of a spike in the numbers and reason to be optimistic, optimistic there with Tony Romo, who also had an interesting career in Dallas. You know, Parcells guy that was a backup with uh, Quincy Carter there and then kind of earned his way into the starting position and just kept getting better every year. your you're two, DeMarco Murray kind of overshadowed a little bit of his coming to his own. And DeMarco was a stud back. I really enjoyed watching him run. And, and that's where Dallas had some teams where they really were pushing the envelope of, I know they had the one super season where Murray went off, Dez, Romo, Witten, they just So close, man. Of course, they always find a way to break our heart. Year three of Dez, it clicked. I think we had a superstar on our hands in Dallas in in year three. Um, Some really gaudy numbers, great fantasy football numbers. And, you know, being a cowboy, I always draft any any cowboy belongs on my fantasy football team. But 92 receptions, 3,200 plus yards, 12 touchdowns in year three. And I think we used to track a lot of the trends back in fantasy football around that time, or just in the NFL. They say, "Hey, year three is often the breakout year for a, for a wide receiver," so it made sense. Year three wide right. receiver at that time breaks out, has a monster, monster year, and then goes on to have three incredible monster years in Dallas, where he's a top ten wide receiver every year, top five two of those three years, um, three straight years of you know, between eighty eight and ninety two catches. 12 and 1,400 yards He's in that range. 12, 13, 16 touchdowns in 2014. My Lord, 16 touchdowns. I mean, that's <laughs> not easy to do in the National Football League there. So... He's won a game. You know, it's amazing. You know, and I know where you getting into postseason and, and kind of the way, way things went in his career in the season, but just starting with a statistical overview of, you know, two years to start out that makes sense three incredible years, great fantasy football years, you know, Dallas Cowboy years that are, I think, optimistic here. I don't know if we have the, do we have the win-loss records of those years? Uh, Well, it was under Jason Garrett, right? So they were 8-8. Eight and eight. <laughs> It was an up-and-down roller coaster, right? <laughs> Mostly 500 or, you know, we had a couple good Jason Garrett seasons. You know, he probably, like, saved his job every so many years with, like, that, like, teaser season, but where we thought we were gonna make it. And then, you know, the the, the craziness of the postseason happens, whether it be the catch or just, the, you know, hard luck, you know, Come from the 90s where we just dominated Super Bowls, this, this has been mm-hmm. very hard to stomach. And I actually coached in a, uh, a football camp with Jason Garrett's brothers. It was like Judd Garrett and, um, like Judd and Jeb it was a linebacker and a tight ends coach. One was a tight end coach for the Cowboys uh, years later.
3: Yeah.
2: But uh, they're good people, it's a really good family. So I was like, kind of rooting for Garrett all those years. I was trying to, you know, maybe being a a blind cowboy fan, looking at the glass half full. You know, Cowboys homers, as everyone would say. But then just year after year, we just, enough was enough already. Things would be going bad. And if you have the sidelines, same body language, same press conference after it kind of got old. Um, I I think I'd be... uh, Definitely slipping if I missed the catch. Now, uh, we beat Detroit before that game with the catch. It was really a controversial year because my memory serves me right. Even that Detroit game was controversial where there was a pass interference. Um, and then I don't know if the ref didn't call it. And then it was enough to kind of swing momentum and Dallas wins. And they beat Detroit in a real close game. That sounds right. And that's very, that's very in true Detroit form. <laughs> yeah. You know, did Detroit, like, you know, I'm here like, Crying and sobbing, you know, about the Cowboys and their tough years. And as we know, you know, every Dallas fan, anti-Dallas fan doesn't want to hear our sob story, especially after the 90s. But, you know, when you think of Detroit, it's even worse. So, you know, (laughs) on Dynasty Theory podcast, our co-host, Mitch Sorensen, he's a diehard Lions fan. And it's just a pleasure to bust his chops all the time. (laughs) The misery of a Lions fan year in and year out. So, the weirdest stuff happens to that team,
1: and you're like you said, like no one really cares that much. It's like it's like oh, that kind of sucks, but it's Detroit. So when Hall of
2: Famers like Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders just quit, you know, which is retire, <laughs> yeah, no. and like I and mean, he still have incredible years left in you, something something's definitely dysfunctional. But uh, we get to that Green Bay game after the con- controversial Detroit game, and. I mean, we played out of our minds. I mean, it was just one of those games as a fan, you're on the edge of your seat and enjoying, and you're watching this great comeback, and Romo does it, man. He takes us down the field and and throws that pass to Dez, and all of a sudden Coach McCarthy challenges it. Funny how he's our head coach today, (laughs) and they somehow call that not a catch. And and I mentioned in the pre-show, like, I'm thinking, all right, the catch, man, like the how this impacts a Cowboys family's life when, you know, you're trying to get back to those 90s glory glory days. And I go into my phone favorites. And with all my memes and family photos and, and crazy joke pictures here, I literally have the catch. And it is an exact breakdown, frame by frame. With <laughs> you, you, you probably can't see the commentary, but it shows the actual physical catch. It shows his actual first step. It takes you to his second step. You watch a third step with the ball like three steps with the ball in your hands, like right there alone. It's a catch. Changes hands, stretches for the goal line. They at the time they talk about having a football move after three steps. He accomplishes all that. Is literally down on the ground, knee down, arm down, any body part down, plays dead. It's a catch. He is down there at the one yard line. You know inches from the, the the goal line and then they challenge that and say he didn't have possession the whole way through and is it squirted <laughs> out or something like that's almost humanely impossible but like <laughs> you, you can't control the ground and again having coached having played having watched like you guys eight million football games and, and you know following the rules to this day I can't understand it and of course the rule changed since and it would be technically a catch now and it that's just just a sham like like, at what point does common sense come into play – and it's not just desert catch. I mean, we've seen other catches that in plays that absolutely – I think Calvin Johnson, we were just talking about the Lions. I remember in the playoffs, I think he had some miraculous catch that wasn't a catch maybe mm-hmm. similar that they said he lost control or something. And it just – it takes the fuck away from the game. It's absolutely bizarre. Like, I'm sure there's people watching that game that never played a lick of football in their life that are still wondering why that wasn't a catch. Like, it just – again, it takes the spirit of the game away and really mm-hmm. having as much emotionally invested, uh, even more painful. So that was tough. Aaron Rodgers gets us one of his many times. And then, and I, I know in your show notes, like Jean toward trying to break down, as you described, Mike, why, it, you know, it wasn't a catch. Like how much did the NFL pay him to say, like, this is the technical reason like, I I, I think if we had him behind closed doors and asked him, he'd be like, I don't believe that. P.S. I was telling you guys, you know, (laughs) Uh, I I had to say that because. Yeah, I I was reading
1: off the note that the uh, producer gave me.
2: (laughs) But so somewhere after those three great Des years, like something turned, something changed. 2015, you know, the franchise tags before signing five years, 70 million. So there's there's some good money there in Des's uh, pocket and I, I, I think he man, he must have managed his money decent later in his career because I, I don't know what, what he's been doing for I don't know how many years. And he seems to still have a lot of nice things when you follow his Instagram page. But he, he breaks his foot in the season opener in 2015. And I, I kind of wonder where, you know, did the injuries, the start of what kind of took the toll and, and to, it took his toll on his body, maybe some mental health as he has some things going on and off the field. And having played receiver, it was my Al Bundy moment a different lifetime ago, you know, it's like, your legs go, that, that's it. And, you know, I wasn't fast enough or tall enough to play in the National Football League. I chased those dreams. But, you know, when you're a wide receiver and you have injuries like Dez had, you know, you break your foot, like, what, what are you going to do? And, you know, he came back in 15 and he played some games. He did put up some stats there, 400 yards receiving, three touchdowns, very, you know, light for what Dez is capable of, but he only played nine games. 2016, he has a hairline fracture in his knee week three. I remember that one almost like it was yesterday. because like, you finally get this guy healthy and you're optimistic into the season there. And then, boom, you know, he gets that injury. Um, would later return, goes on to play 13 games and has better statistics that year. I almost want to say he, he's starting to trend up 796 yards receiving, and still finds the end zone eight times.
0: I mean, we all got to talk about the most iconic moment, right? And that was... That was the eleven months with Dallas, right? Say that again. The the eleven months he spent with Dallas. What do you his mean, monkey? 11 months. His monkey. I
2: don't know if I remember this.
0: You don't remember when he got a monkey?
2: I do not remember the monkey man. So what yes, you...
0: in two thousand and sixteen, I believe it was. Dez got a monkey, but in the city he lived in at the time, you weren't allowed to have an exotic pet like a monkey you had to have special like stuff to do it so he always denied that he had a monkey but he had a monkey named dallas (laughs) and it ended up he was renting the house he was in and it ended up destroying the house he was in and he got tied up in lawsuits and it was a crazy (laughs) all sorts of like nut
2: stuff going on from dallas the monkey i think the monkey just eluded me i do remember the house being damaged in the lawsuit and, and and that kind of mess and but you gotta imagine, you know, with that kind of money, I think he cared about the, you know, whatever he had to pay to repair or fix the house. I mean, right? but mm-hmm. That was a good time, year, right?
0: Can you imagine, like, after coming off those great years, and you got nothing to do because you broke your foot? Like,
1: I guess I'll get a monkey. I'm
0: like what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, 16, uh, I, 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 of I'm, a of
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm pulling up this uh, this article here, and <laughs> just the quote from him is, "I always
2: wanted a monkey, and I got him." <laughs> yeah, he's des man, whatever he wants. He parks where he wants, he gets whatever pets that he wants, you know, and, and he probably has some time on his hand. He's rehabbing from the injury there in 2016, so why not get a monkey? That's hilarious. But then we we, we flipped that script to 2017 and still not the old dominant Dez. Statistically transitioning up, maybe we're getting hope in fantasy football again uh 838 yards receiving, six touchdowns. And then it's like it fell off. It just completely falls off after the 2017 season and I think Dallas ended up releasing him. Was it was in it 2017 that he was released, I believe. After that season. And uh that was sounds right to me. That was kind of heartbreaking cause that was uh I might be off in the years, but Jerry Jones like that was his boy, man. I remember like it was like fundraising telethons and Jerry and Dez were so close and he felt like that was Jerry's adopted son. And one thing we're finding out over the years is at the end of the day, it's a business. And I, I think Jerry's probably better than most, a lot of owners to his players. You know, he's been gracious with some salaries and maybe he's extended over time, but he's also loyal to his coaches when it's time, it's time. I kind of got the feeling at the time so I thought there was still a good football left in Des Bryant. So I'm like, you know, why why, has why no one signed him? Why doesn't Dallas want him? It's just been injuries the last couple of years. He was still relatively, you know, maybe getting a little older for a receiver. But, you know, I think those leg injuries, Dallas got out before it was too late to get out and invested in any more money. Finally, in 2018, he does get an opportunity to sign with the Saints, and he he does sign, and he he he's practicing with them. And I'm like, all right, you know, it's not Dallas. I'm I'm a little little heartbroken, but I'm, I'm glad to see our boy Des get an opportunity in the National Football League again. And the poor guy tears his Achilles, which we know is like football. Uh, it's a it's a career ender potentially there in the National Football League. Science has advanced a lot. We do see some guys, you know, a little more recently, but. Coming back from it, but it's rare and never to the extent that they, you know, their highest level of play 2019. He does not sign at all. And I imagine it took him some extra time to recover. Now he's damaged goods on top of how hard it was for him to sign with New Orleans. Still hoping this guy is going to sign again. And that is, I guess, a good point for me to segue into my story where before he signed with the Baltimore Ravens is when I met Des Bryant. And he's, he's, he's posting these Instagram videos and you're watching Des. he's working out every single day. And it's, you know, looking, looking great beating who knows who and corner routes at the local practice field in Texas. There, but like, man, the guy is dedicated. He's practicing every day. He's running all these different routes. He's working with, with different trainers. He even worked out with one of our former Lackawanna college uh, quarterbacks, David Pindell. David's been having some tryouts in the Canadian football league. He played out there and playing a little bit of arena football. Um, so he's, he's playing with some football people. When I go out to Texas, um, not too, uh, I want to say but it was probably the season before he signed with Baltimore, and um, I went out to Dallas. I was doing some charity work for pan- an organization called the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, and I kind of made it a, a, a two-way trip. I did my charity work, did a great cause, supported, and then I have an aunt and uncle that live in Ulysses, Texas, about 20 minutes from the stadium, and, you know, we have some family time planned. This is the first year I took my family out to Texas with me, trying to get them to move there so I could, you know, see Des Bryant on a regular basis, but I'm not, I'm not having too much luck yet. <laughs> uh, trying to travel out to the, to the stockyards in Texas, have a great time with the family, you know, do some bull riding or whatever they do there. And, you know, good old time traveling home and I'm on Twitter, you know, I'm checking out the, The Dynasty self-help Twitter page and and keeping up with the news. These guys are good. That's where you find it. That's where I find (laughs) it, you know. And I think right after the Dynasty self-help tweet, Dez happened to tweet around that time as as we're riding home. (laughs) So Dez tweets, he goes, going to be at, I forget the name of the local gym in Texas, going to be at this local gym tonight around 9 o'clock, you know, come on out and shoot some hoops. I'm thinking, wait, is it Dez Bryant's going to be at a local gym here in Texas? And I go to my aunt and uncle, they were they were driving there. My wife and family were in the, were in the back seat. I go, well, where's this gym? Oh, we just passed it. So this gym is really literally like 20, 20 minutes from their house. So I'm like, I could literally go to this. And I'm thinking, all right, what's the odds I'm going to really meet Dez or, you know, is it worth it? I don't know anything about where I'm at in Texas. I'd be relying on a GPS there. But it was like the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other <laughs> going back and forth. I'm like, you know, the diehard fan, like when, when am I going to get the chance to meet Dez? So he tweets again once more when, when I get back to the house. And I went from like, ah, I'm just, you know, I, I I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where I'm going. It's getting dark. I'm, I don't want to leave the family. He goes, I'm going to be there, and I'm going to have two surprises with me tonight. That was like the icing on the cake. I'm <laughs> back out to the family. I'm like, he's going to have two surprises with him tonight. And, you know, I'm thinking, it's going to be Dallas Cowboys. Who's he have with them? What's it going to be? And my aunt's like, hey, take the van, you can go. And she's like, I'll drive if you want. But, you know, she's a little bit old. I don't want her driving in the dark and waiting for me at the gym. I, I don't know how that's going to go. So I'm taking <laughs> her van, get on the road, I'm going get to this gym and I'm waiting outside. And there's there's a couple people there, a couple young kids, some some older guy. And I'm like, is Brian's coming tonight? Yeah, and I was like, I'm like does he do this and often? And like, yeah, he does come here. Uh, every so often, he's came in the past, he'll normally play basketball, he'll sign some autographs, and I was like, I didn't really have anything to sign. I, I brought with me, I had um. I did a, a tour of the, of the Cowboys Stadium on the trip, so I had like a, a lanyard or a pass, I was going to have him sign the back of the pass, and then this guy had this box on him, I was like, you guys have anything, and this guy had all these huge po- photos. Can I buy one of those from you? And he had beautiful black and white throw up the X photo there. And I said, what do you want for? me? He's like, 20 bucks. I couldn't whip that $20 out any faster, gave it to him. <laughs> so I have this gorgeous picture of Des. Um, I think I had like khaki shorts and some kind of t-shirt. I didn't really have like basketball gear. I have a backwards hat on. And uh, we're waiting and waiting. I'm thinking, oh, man, when, when's he coming? Finally about 45 minutes later. So he was late. He wasn't on time. got to be fashionably late. I guess De- in Des fashion gets there around, I think it was like 9.30, 9.45, pulls in this gorgeous BMW, black BMW, parks right up front, illegally parked, I believe. It might have even been a handicapped spot, but there's no one there. So I think Des just does what Des wants, gets out of the Your car. Your aunt
1: was right. in the parking lot. He kicked her out of the handicapped spot so he could
2: take it. <laughs> whatever, whatever Des wanted. Mike, it, it, that, that's what happened that night. Pulls out of the car, and then, you know, we're big football fans and fancy football fans, so you see these guys every Sunday, so you know faces when they come out of the car. Right behind him is Leonard Fournette, big, nasty-looking, mean, bald guy there, you know? And then McCall Hardman, I'm a Georgia Bulldog fan, you know, fresh off the Super Bowl, Kansas City Chiefs. McCall comes out, I'm like, this is just awesome. So, like, we ask about him signing, he's like, afterwards, afterwards, come on in, come on in with me. So he goes into the gym with his crew. It was you know, Lenny, McColl. He had one or two other guys with him. We go in. We follow him in the gym. I'm not a member. didn't matter. We just follow right behind Des. I didn't want anyone to see him. <laughs> we just go right behind Des, go into the courts there. And um, there's a ton of people in the court, probably like 50 people in there. There's this bigger race board on there. And I, they just had it down. It was like pickup games. You put your name on your team on the race board, and when it's your turn, you got to play. So I find these I don't know anybody again, you know. So I find these young kids that were outside, I like, hey you guys need somebody on your team? Yeah, sure, come on, you know. So there's there's old me in my forties here with these like teenage, you know, I don't know, twenty year old tops, you know, high school ballers that accepted me on their team. And we waited about three, four games before it was finally our turn. And it was so it was our team, me and these young kids were des McCall, Lenny. He had a wide I didn't know at a time, but he had a wide receiver from the Canadian Football League. And then some other probably just a friend or a friend or athlete. So we go play and the game goes up to eleven and we 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 lost. But we gave them a run. We lost, I think, eleven to six. And I did score two buckets inside the paint, uh, which was pretty cool. And I, I could play defense on Des the whole game. Now did Des McColl and Lenny, all they did was fast break to the three point line. So I think they're primarily getting their conditioning in. They'd fast break and they would move the ball around and shoot threes all night the guy from the Canadian football league was the one that just crashed the boards it was running all over the place and jumped higher than I <laughs> can possibly imagine. Um, you know, and I, I had to make friends with him on Twitter. I was like, man, you crashed the boards I, you know, was lucky I did him pull a hamstring trying to keep up with him. But uh, I had a couple of buckets and then, all right, now it's autograph time, but I had to wait for all these other games to finish playing. And I think they only lost like one game all night. They pretty much ran the court most of the night and then finally they lost. And then, it kind of broke up, and then some people were getting autographs, but he was kind of being picky about who he signed for, and he had this one guy with him, this young, skinny guy, and he, I get, it, like, his entourage, and I, I might have been a little bit aggressive, guys. You know, I'm, like, trying to get, man, I need a signature. And he's like, oh, man, does ain't, ain't signing right now, so I pull up my phone there, and I pull up a picture of my fan cave, and I go, look, man, I'm a diehard Cowboys fan. I need Des's autograph for this room, and he looked at it, and Des looked over at his shoulder inside, and he says, come here, and then he he got my picture and he signed this beauty for me. You see the nice little 2 oh, that's Des Bryant. That's a, that's way. a,
1: yeah, you're not lying. That's an awesome picture of him, too. That
2: X. was the best 20 bucks I ever spent. I probably would give that yeah. kid 50 because I was so, I was gonna say, sign. that kid, that kid was
1: <laughs> he undersold that. He <laughs> it,
2: it was gracious, man. So mm-hmm. that made my day there, and I think I ended up getting, um. McCole's autograph on some on that pass that I, the lanyard I told you I had, and then I, I missed Lenny's autograph. I got a picture of McCole and Lenny, but I didn't, unfortunately didn't get Lenny's autograph. And then we took a big group picture at the end, and um, Des, you know, he, he signed. He definitely signed for all the kids. Like he was gracious. Everyone that was young and small, like he signed for absolutely every kid and took pictures and uh took a big group picture and posted it on Twitter that night. So it was awesome, man. It was a time of a lifetime, and. I guess, in you know, telling the story of Dennis Bryan, to me, it kind of summed up part of his career. You know, we watched him, and even though he had some troubled moments, he was always a nice guy. He was always nice to the media. He was always a good teammate. You know, a little flamboyant, like on the sidelines. He'd get mad, but I think that was just a natural competitor in him that, that, that he was. And, um, you know, he was a good guy. And I've been rooting for him ever since. And then he went up and signed with Baltimore. And I picked him up on every single dynasty and fantasy football team I had for one last run when he was with the Ravens there. He just, he sat on my bench nicely. And, uh, yeah, but I was watching him. I watched every single Raiders game. I got the Ravens game. I got the Sunday ticket. And at, at that point, I just don't think he had his legs under him. Because, you know, I'm watching him run the routes, and he's slipping and sliding. Because and, Lamar did throw, throw him a couple times. What I didn't understand is why when they got inside the ten, they just didn't throw a, a jump ball. You know, maybe, I don't know if he didn't have those legs or not, but I'm like, I still believe Dez could get a jump ball in the end zone at any point. They didn't even look at him there, but he did go on to have one touchdown. I think that season and um, it, it was, it was a great moment. You know, I know he had some tough luck that year too with COVID, you know, we, we started in this pandemic and I think it might've been Monday night. It was definitely a prime time game where. He was jacked up to play the Cowboys, man, right? It was, it was. I think it was versus the Cowboys. And uh, he ended up getting pulled from the game because, I don't know, if he tested positive or, you know, it was an uh, exposure or something within the NFL guidelines that he couldn't play. And that was heartbreaking. Even for, you know, you know how bad he wanted it. And I think, I believe he tweeted from the sidelines, you know, a glass of wine, he's ready to quit. And not, No, it started with he was quitting. And then I think once hot-headed Dez cooled down, that he had a toast to all his fans somewhere after the game and came yeah. around and ended up playing again and finished on a good note there. But unfortunately did not sign again the next season and uh, is still looking for employment, still wants to play. Um, so that's a little bit of, like I guess, kind of a, a Des summary of just how I remember it. Our Dallas losses with Des there, man, it, it, it stands out so vividly. You know, again, you fall short again in the playoffs in 2016 in relation to Dez's career. I mean, that was, you know, one of his last two, you know, decent series before it completely uh, fell off the rails. So he's another one of those guys that had a career that statistically is going to go down in Dallas history forever. He's one of the greatest receivers they've had, but it's, you know, not Hall of Fame worthy. I don't, you know, I, I think there's just this fall off in the career that kind of shortens it and maybe ring of honor worthy we're, we're in Dallas, who knows, but I think that that's, that's where it would, it would stop and it's kind of sad because he's like, what if, you know, what if he stood healthy, what, what if he, what if the catch was a catch and he goes on to win a Super Bowl because you win a Super Bowl that carries weight when you're, when you're looking in the, you know, the Hall of Fame voters and he just, man, it's like 25 years of heartbreak in Dallas is the same heartbreak in Dez's Tenure. It's like everything just kind of, other than those three glorious years, kind of was a struggle, I think, for him. The media in Dallas is like no other. I mean, you know, you got the, there's those few certain media markets where everything's magnified, you know, whether New York, Dallas. And um, in, in Dallas, you put a player who had some challenges, probably had some demons, had some things he had to overcome and was very candid and honest. But I always thought overall, you know, and, and having been a coach on the sidelines where I've I've coached some hothead players and I've seen different, you know, types of behaviors. I always thought his, and, and I could have some goggles on here. I, I could have some blinders on. It's definitely possible. But I, I always felt to some degree the microscope was a little too cast on him as far as the his, his character, because I always felt he, he was always, again, Good to the media. He always let people in. Was very honest. Took ownership and where you know, hey, I'm an emotional player. This is me. Um, I think at some point in his career, he talked about you know he had some wrong people in his life and he's changed and he's not letting you know that dictate him anymore. So he always owned where his mistakes were. He wasn't one of those, you know, like like I look at Terrell Owens and he kind of would throw some cancerous state statements out there that could split a, t- a team or a locker room up. Des was always loved by his teammates, you know, like everybody liked Des. Yeah, did he get out of control every once in a while in sidelines and a Witten or DeMarcus Ware had to grab him and say, hey, yeah, cut, cut the, you know what? And he would, you know, and, and he would just say, hey, I'm just, I want to win. And, but he always gave 110%. Coaches loved him. Owner loved him. He worked hard, did a ton of community service in, in, in the Dallas area there. And for the team it was, yeah, no, I, I was just a good player. And I think ultimately it's a business decision. Shortly after I uh, went to Texas and got the ball out with him, he, he started some X company. I don't know some jewelry line. something I forget what it was, but you, we. I think it was like a ten thousand dollar membership or something. So I was curious. It was like this big release date, and they were going to launch it on the website. And if you became a member, you would get like this. I was a ridiculous gold chain with a diamond X or something like that. I'm like, boy, that'd be fun to have in the collection. But if it's $10,000 or something to, to become a, a member of the, the the X Club, I wonder if it's still on his Twitter page. I'm going to pull that up here. But, and how yeah,
1: well, I'm curious, like, to become a member, does he send you free jewelry on top of that, or does $10,000 give you the opportunity to then buy jewelry? <laughs> I,
0: I think oh, the I, X I, is what you had to take to be high enough to spend
2: $10,000 to be a <laughs> You would literally get this necklace if you became a member, and there's like all these perks oh, and okay. benefits. and. He was yeah. talking about it shortly after that basketball game on Twitter. He's how excited this new business venture. And, you know, my wife would not understand if I spent $10,000 for a bling in the X. Uh, chain. I, I, not to mention this old guy would look kind of goofy, you know, wearing a necklace <laughs> like that. But. I was just going to ask you, so let's, let's take you back
1: to that gym. You're there. You want to get that. Uh, you just paid 20 bucks to get the, the picture. You want to get it signed. Des is there. He sees it. He sees your man cave, all that. He says, Hey, sign up for my jewelry company. Ten grand, I'll sign anything you want. What are you doing in the spot there in front of them?
2: Pulling out the credit card, and uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, my fandom was at an all-time high when I read about that, and that's why I was actually thinking about becoming a member until I saw it, it was like ten grand. I was like, "Oh my god!" You know, Re- read awesome.
1: off your number with like one digit off, and be like, "No, that's it. Just run it when you get home, and you know, sign this now." And
0: <laughs> all right, I'm gonna ask you a series of questions. Nine grand,
2: <laughs> eight grand. You know, I I Seven would probably grand? justify in my mind, Kyle, that you know if I win a couple of DFS contests, I could probably pay off two, <laughs> three grand. You know, but uh, <laughs> after that, I was I was lost. Right, so was pro- three
0: grand was the number then.
2: Three three grand <laughs> might have been the the create like it, it would. There was a small window for that three grand though, Kyle. It had to be like probably w- within a week or a day of me having that trip. You know, and then cool heads prevail, but. <laughs> it was probably a good move because I don't see that company on his website now. I actually do still have the email. It was called Society X. Society X, welcome founders here. I, I, it's I, a good name, Society X. I was, like that. I was an email subscriber there, and the the founders membership was it? there's the, I think the, the base membership was fifteen hundred, but if you wanted that necklace, I think it went up to <laughs> ten grand. But for fifteen hundred, I I, I could have got in there, but. Uh, I, but I definitely right, probably Dez probably, Dez probably Dez smart business yeah. I, I, I think I retweeted for Dez I, I was definitely trying to support uh, my, newly, my newly found friend So the alleged video
1: Of Dez doing Something we don't know Rumors are TMZ paid a million dollars for it uh, Schechter Tweeted out that he's seen the video And it doesn't look good And then
2: said video Never sees the light of day What's the deal? That was actually—I mean—that's bizarre, you know. And, and again, you—you you took me blast from the past there. I'm reading that, and I, I remember at the time hearing something about it. And I'm like, oh no, not more Dallas—you know—negative news or whatever it may be. But I mean, TMZ normally gets something. That—that's—that story's out, right? So, you know, how damaging was it? No, what year did we say that was? Or is... It was right before.
1: It was between fourteen and fifteen. That was. I mean, it's the cl- it's the classic. Uh, you know, you, you get the the new. I, I, I still remember getting the thing on my phone. It's the thing where you know I'm not a Dallas fan by any means, but uh, anytime your news your team there's team big team news in the off season, it's never good.
2: No, one hundred percent.
1: One of those things where you get that notification. Oh shit, something's about to go
2: down. And being a Cowboys fan, we hold our breath every offseason. You know, we, 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 Zeke these days, Des those days, yeah. Mike Irvin before that. I mean, we, we, we've we got some history of uh, good times in Dallas. but uh, And, you know, I, I find it hard to believe that story wouldn't get leaked. But, again, depending on what it was, Jer- Jerry's got money galore. So he definitely has the resources to probably pay TMZ more than they paid for that video if during these glory years it didn't want to get out. So we, we may never know if there really was, you know, something to that substance. And for Shefty to not be able to get it, and Shefty could get absolutely anything, it seems. But You know, uh,
0: if you're going to get something like that, like at that time, if it was one of those for real, I want this to come out, it would have come out. That was just one of those... You got six hours and, you know, here, give me $2 million or this is going out. And they paid it. Whatever that number was, whatever that time was, it happened. So they sniffed it. They gave enough of it to a Schefter or somebody to make sure that everybody knew they were serious. And then they kept their bargain
2: and and they let
0: it uh, get paid for.
2: How wild is that? Other world, you know. And, of course, Jerry's pockets are a little bit deeper, so.
0: (laughs) Well, and and Dez probably didn't mind spending the money. He didn't know if he had it or not, but he'd spend it.
1: Yeah, uh... oh, I just love I love the the conspiracy theory theory of it, uh, saying that the the uh, Cowboys leaked reports that the video existed in order to lower the
2: cost of Dez's next contract.
1: I don't I don't buy that. I just like I I like hearing
2: that kind of stuff. That, that, that's where the media keeps cranking out stories, man. And yeah, Dallas, that's like, again, yeah,
1: going back to the offseason, like, ah, shit, we got to come up with something here.
2: <laughs> all the time, all the time. You know, and, and hey, they, I mean, think when Dez was playing, they had someone follow him around at some point, you know, because making sure he didn't get out of trouble. That's how, you know, much Jerry kind of looked out for him. And he did have some people in his life that he didn't need in his life. And, and that was that time, you know.
3: There you have it. That is the story. And these are the fantasy football stories. Was it 100% accurate? Yeah, that sounds right. Follow us on Twitter at The FF Stories. Also, see all of our inebriated storytelling podcasts as part of the Stories Podcast Network at The Stories Pods on Twitter as our guests rewrite the past across various sports. Alcoholic drinks are consumed voluntarily by our guests at their own discretion. Please drink responsibly.
2: Always a pleasure there I, I always say i said it after last time i was on uh, the dynasty self-help pod there I, I i've never had more fun you guys were just really creative got unique formats and everything that you do and it's a good group of guys so it's, it's my pleasure thanks for having me on and